Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream and podcast for July 7th, 2022. I am Aaron Schatz, the editor-in-chief of Football Outsiders, and I am joined, as always, by Mike Tanier. And our special guest for this week is our own film room correspondent, Derek Klassen. I would like to say hello to everybody who is watching us right now on Twitch and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to find out when we're on. As I will explain at the end of the show, that's about to get more often than it has been so far this offseason. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you're listening afterwards on the Football Outsiders Podcast Network, to also subscribe so you get all of our shows because there's going to be more of them. But first, we have to finish out our tier lists. We've done all the positions in the NFL. Well, we didn't, we didn't do kicker and punter. We, we're sorry. We did not do a special teams tier list. But... Uh, we haven't done quarterbacks yet, and that's the biggest one. So we are here today to do our quarterback tier list, which, I mean, let's be honest, is almost all based on who your starter is. I mean, there are certain teams, I think, where you have to take into consideration if there's a, a rookie, you know, heir, heir apparent. But uh, for the most part, this is going to be ranking starters for the 32 teams. Yeah, and Ross Corbett, our uh, uh, producer, Helped us out by making these beautiful graphics you're about to say. Uh, we wanted to have the quarterback's face on the graphic, but I'm old, and those little thumbnails are really small, and I can't tell. I don't know what some of these guys actually look like. I hate to say like I know what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like because he's so handsome and dreamy, and I know what Tom Brady looks like, but some of them I didn't know. So we have these beautiful graphics you're about to see. And as Hitchhiker Pie said, this won't be controversial. I'm worried it won't be. Because most of the years are kind of straightforward. People are going to agree with a lot. I think I this is going to be a lot less <laughs> controversial. I think this is going to be a lot less controversial than the other ones. Like, honestly, like, I think people pretty much know where the quarterback's going. Well, we're going to start at the bottom. And you'll see, uh, if you can see the graphic, there's a slot labeled SEP. And if you're old enough to remember the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, SEP stands for Somebody Else's Problem. You put something behind an SCP field, it disappears. You don't have to think about it. And who am I putting behind the SCP field? Of course, it's the Cleveland Browns. If you guys want to talk about the Browns, just made news yesterday, go for it. I'm going to sip my soda and watch. I mean, you know, nope. listen, <laughs> Watson is very good if he plays. Yeah. I, you know, the important thing about Deshaun Watson is not to play the quarterback wins game and assume that just because Houston was whatever, four and 12, two years ago, that it means Watson wasn't playing very well. Watson was playing very well. I feel like it could go from anywhere from B plus to F based on news. And that's where we're at with this. And uh, again, shout out to Ross who had to go and fix the, uh, the Browns uh, little capsule down there. So the right faces were on it there. I think it's Toby Brissett is hanging around, waiting in the wings, ready. But who's not waiting in the wings right now? Well, let's take a look at the F tier. And the, the F tier, uh, maybe we have to change a little bit because the first team on the F tier is the Carolina Panthers, who also made news yesterday and probably upgraded their quarterback situation a little bit. Yeah, I would say Baker moves them up to like – I mean, definitely not F. Yeah, um, yeah. all right. But say maybe it, somewhere on the D plus C. Yeah, like the D plus C like line is kind of where I'm teetering with him. Ooh. Okay. So I, I guess we'll see how it fills out before I, I want to change that. Yeah. Any thoughts? This is our chance to talk about that trade, I guess. 
here's the thing about that trade is that what it does is helps save Matt Rule's job. Because right? it, it, he it, thinks it, that's what it, it does. Improves <laughs> the chances that they're going to go like eight and nine, Ugh, yeah. and then you can be like, "See, we're building something." Right. But like nobody thinks like. You know, stats people like me are probably the most pro Baker Mayfield because he does have years, not last year, obviously, but he does have years where his stats are pretty good. And, you know, obviously that comes in part from the system that he was in and the running backs in the, the offensive line that he played with and everything. Um, but, you know, he he he's definitely, you know, I think you could argue that he's an average starting NFL quarterback. It's really hard to know how much of last year's struggles was that injury. But what does that get you if you're the Carolina Panthers? Does that turn you into a playoff team? No. Is it something to build for your future? No. It just makes it more likely that you're going to go 7-10 and 10 instead of 5-12. and 12. And at least in my understanding of like Ben McAdoo's offense, this is not the type of offense that Baker Mayfield had previously been successful in. Like in, you know, 2020 is probably his best year, um, at least statistically in the terms of the way that people think about him. I don't think Ben McAdoo's offense is anything like what that offense was. At the time. Like it's a lot more just like gun drop back. Yeah. I've yeah. seen Baker do that and it's not very good. Um, yeah. So that's really my biggest concern more than anything. Cause honestly they upgraded the offensive line. The receivers aren't bad, but just like schematically, I think it makes no sense. And Baker has just, I've kind of lost my trust in him. So he's probably like a slightly below average starter, which again, doesn't, it's better than Darnold. It doesn't change this team's fate. This is a shotgun wedding on every turn. McAdoo does not want Mayfield. Mayfield doesn't fit McAdoo. Rule doesn't want McAdoo there because that's obviously the look over the shoulder guy. The Browns didn't want to have to make this deal. Everybody did a pay cut. Everybody traded conditional six-round picks. It's a shotgun wedding. So, yeah, it can get to seven or eight wins. I don't know if that saves Matt Rule's job, though, because he's sort of ordered to make this move. Joey, Joey Sucks is right. The seven seed is a low bar. In the NFC this year, look, there's a lot of random chance in the NFL. That's why our projections in the book have such a wide range of possibilities. This absolutely, there absolutely is a chance of Carolina sneaking into the playoffs. And this absolutely increases that chance over what it would have been with Sam Darnold as the quarterback. So, yeah, but still, even if they sneak into the playoffs, they're going to do so as a sacrificial seven or six seed. They're not building. This didn't cost them anything. And it doesn't get them anything. <laughs> and honestly, if in this world where they do win the seventh seed, it's going to be because the defense happens to play like top five ball. Like it's not going to be because right. the offense is incredible. It's going to be because the offense is fine and the defense just goes crazy. Right. And that's a tall order. There's some obviously yeah. some scattered scout count on that defense. But right. Yeah. But they, they're probably not that type of unit. When we when we get to the quarterbacks, when we get to the higher tiers, I'll say I, I probably like Carolina more than the other teams that we're going to have in D+, but I don't like them as much as the teams that we have in C, so I kind of think D+, is the right place for them right now. Fair enough. Well, let's finish up the Fs, and the Fs were for wishful thinking quarterback competitions, which the Panthers were clearly involved in until they brought Baker in. The other two teams that are on everybody's short list of wishful thinking quarterback competitions are the Seattle Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. The Seahawks one, I'm not interested at all in like what <laughs> these players might be. Cause we know what Gino is. And like, we know that Drew Locke probably sucks. I'm just yeah. more interested to see like what, 
the offense does to change because obviously Russ couldn't really target the middle of the field. Right. Um, and he really, really liked being in, in gun and just like running stick and verts and that was it. Um, so I'm just interested to see if they change up schematically, but like it's obviously going to be very bad. Uh, you, Seattle ha- Seattle is of really very little interest to anybody. Like you have to play in an absurdly deep fantasy league for this to matter at all. <laughs> and I don't think anybody is going to be doing much prop betting on Seattle quarterbacks. Um, the other team that you have at F might have some fantasy interest, but from an actual football perspective also looks like a mess. Yeah. And the F tier was brought to you, by the way, by U.S. Open Tennis, your source for uh, Drew Locke. Uh, <laughs> uh, the worst quarterback competition I can remember, and I'm not talking about, well, we've got a rookie and he turns out to stink, but he was the rookie. 2011 Washington with Mike Shanahan, he tried to run Rex Grossman and John Beck out there as his quarterback one-two punch. Yeah, you got to check this out. I believe after the McNabb thing falls through, that's what this looks like. Where we're just, here's some quarterbacks who have played and that's what you get. But you're right. It's different for the Atlanta Falcons because you at least do have Ritter in there, who I think is a rookie who we can see move up. And I have a soft yeah, spot. The for Atlanta Mariota. Falcons matters because whichever guy wins the job will run and have running mm-hmm. yards. That's right. That's right. And I think obviously you can like sell yourself on potential with Ritter, you know, rookie, blah, blah, yeah. blah, all that stuff. Even with Mariota, I think you kind of can because I think a part of his downfall wasn't necessarily talent. He just got hurt. Like his, his uh, shoulder was like, it was basically barbecue at a certain point. So (laughs) if that's better, he could actually be like a decent starting quarterback, but just probably not good. Like I'm good with Atlanta being an F, but if you said to me, which of these teams would we come back at the end of the season and go, wow, they ended up a lot better than we expected. Right. There's a small chance it would be Atlanta. Right. There's like no chance it will be Seattle. Like at the quarterback, you know, not that Seattle won't be better than we expected overall, but at the quarterback position, it's just not going to happen. Thornton says Seattle's competition is only of interest to DK Metcalf trying to decide whether to lose. <laughs> and Joey Suck says the Seahawks are either way into their own Kool-Aid or they're praying that the 49ers cut Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like this is almost like a soft tank situation where Pete Carroll's up there like as a, no, we, we can't, look, I'm still here. We're not tanking type of thing, but that they're just like, look, just let's, let's fart our way through this year and see what, what happens. Seattle will end up with one of the 2023 quarterbacks. I'm pretty yeah. confident in it. And they've earned a year to just like, who cares, and not worry about their job. I think they're fine. Uh, we also had a, a visit from Tua Tebow Viola, who sounds like a character from My Nightmares, who's saying he's the best quarterback in the universe. If there was a real Tua Tebow Viola, I think that would be true. We'll be getting the Tua, but we're not getting the Tua in the F tier, and we're not getting the to Tua in the D tier, because the D tier is for teams that are like, hey, we got a veteran who starts and has started for a while and is a veteran, and that's all they have to say for themselves. I'm going to throw all three of them at you at once. The Detroit Lions with the mighty Jared Goff. The New York Giants with the mighty Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. And the Washington Commanders with the Orchid, Carson Wentz. Right. This is where I have the requisite mention that Wentz's stats were better than you think last year and were kind of average. And I still think this is the right tier for him because that, <laughs> locker, that locker room stuff absolutely matters. And the idea that he may regress to what he was two years ago also matters. Yeah. So I'm totally fine with him being in this tier. And Wentz was also just a case of like, his numbers are probably better than we thought. 
But if you stick an average quarterback in that offense, the numbers would have been better because like the, I think the offense was just set up very well. And he just, well, we know from your, film room column, <laughs> from your film room column this week, if people haven't read it yet, you're very big on what Matt Ryan may be yeah, able to do that. in that offense. Right. So, you know, the idea of the offense, the scheme is good and the quarterback was limited. Yeah, it was schemed up so that those throws were easy. The downfield shots were designed for him to be able to hit them. And they still ran screaming from him as quick as possible. Right. They still draw their own <laughs> arm off to escape this guy. So that's it for the stat argument. I'm guessing we have nothing to say about Danny Dimes and Jared Goff here. Well, I, I've I never been a Daniel Jones guy, but I will say earlier last year, he played fairly well until the offense started to just fall apart injury-wise. Yeah, And I'm kind of interested to see what it looks like with Dable. I don't think he's ever going to be, like, good, but he might get to the point where he's, like, good enough where he just keeps getting jobs. And for him, that's good for him. That's yeah. awesome. I don't have it at right at the end of my mind here, like right on the tip of my tongue, but there's a bunch of stats in um, – there's a bunch of stats in the in the book about Danny, Danny Jones and, and how no quarterback who's been that bad for three years has ever really developed and – except for like Jeff George having like a good year with Randy Moss and Chris Carter or something like that. Like, it's just, there's, there is not a lot of like history for a guy who's played like him for three years to suddenly get good. But you know, like Doug says, I can imagine like a Ryan Tannehill offense where he is dropping back, handing off, got protection, looking downfield, using his legs and then using his deep ball to to look okay for a year somewhere along the line. But this year's not going to be that year. And, It'll be an anomaly if it happens. Your your friend Tua Tebow Viola, by the way, wants to know: Does Baker Mayfield make the Panthers a good team? The answer is no. there is a possibility that what he makes them is a average team. If their defense comes together the way it was early in the year, right when then they didn't quite play that well, and then J and J C Horn got hurt and whatever, and they were playing J C Horn, and the <laughs> defense comes together and whatever, yeah, and the Texans. They could be an average team, right. yeah. But they're not. No, does he make them a good team? Really, not likely. Yeah. D plus is. We got a second year guy, or maybe a first round rookie. So I'm going to start here with. Oh, we just mentioned them, the mighty New York Jets and the great Zach Wilson and his. I, I got so much heat about the D plus on the offensive line. And maybe the D plus was tiny. Maybe C minus would have been better. I'll admit that here, but like the jets are, are over the moon about their supporting cast. And uh, wait, who do we have? Who, who's that behind uh, Zach Wilson on the jets uh, photo? Is I that... think that's Joe Flacco. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbor. He's there. Hmm. He is the backup quarterback if Zach Wilson can't do it. And, you know, and they do have promising pieces, even though we had them rated low in pretty much every unit because those promising pieces have not yet come close to their potential. And right now they're just promising pieces. For as low as I am on Zach Wilson, I don't think I'm lose his job to Joe Flacco. Low on Zach Wilson. (laughs) I think think D-plus is the right tier for their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Kudos for making sure Flacco makes the appearance, though. That's a <laughs> uh, there's a couple of guys making appearances on this. I'm happy to see them. Uh, the Chicago Bears. Someone asked on Twitter, is there going to be a Justin Fields on the Bears and a Justin Fields on a team that wants him uh, uh, different rankings? And it's like, no, not really. He's squarely, I think, in the same tier, just in general, like 20,000 feet up as, as Zach Wilson would be. 
Just to respond here to Hitchhiker's Pie comment, I think he's responding to my Daniel Jones, nobody has ever been that bad for the first three years and then really uh, developed. Yeah, I'm really only looking at the last 30 or 40 years. Looking at Jim Plunkett and life before 1978 <laughs> is a very different world. And Rich Gannon didn't play. Rich Gannon was a late, late round pick who didn't play a lot of quarterback in his early years. So he's not comparable at all to Daniel Jones, a guy who started his first three seasons. Uh, Thordane points out right after the Eagles Super Bowl win, I went around New Jersey trolling a Saquon went straight up trade. And honestly, teams both should have taken it. Thordane, <laughs> are you Elliot Shore Parks? <laughs> <laughs> if so, admit it now. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, next guy, because I think we have nothing to say about our boy Fields. The Houston Texans with the great Davis Mills, uh, yeah. who is Davis Mills. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the thing you have to say about Davis Mills is we all want to write him off. But the fact is, every reason to believe that Zach Wilson is better than he looked last year is a reason to believe that Davis Mills is better than he looked last year. Other than other than collegiate history, because like Davis Mills, like Zach Wilson was in a bad situation with bad teammates. Davis Mills was in Houston. Like it was a bad situation. <laughs> right. Like we talk about how like everything was set up for Mac Jones to succeed. Like everything was set up for Davis Mills to not succeed. <laughs> with, with the Mills, it's just. He was a lot better than um, uh, I thought he was going to be. In particular, he was way better outside the pocket than I thought he was going to be. Mm. Granted, he gets there more than he should um, because I don't think he's like actually a threat to really run or anything. So I don't know why he plays outside the pocket as much as he does. But he's more comfortable out there than I thought. However, I generally just don't care for his style of play. It's very like he can beat you in the 1-10 to 10 area out of gun. And that's about all he's got, which I think is it, the fact that he's doing that at a competent NFL level um, for like a third round rookie is pretty impressive. Right. I'm just skeptical that this is ever like more than some watered down version of Jimmy or, or something like that. Yeah, it's a or lot like of a bad Kirk Cousins. Yeah, like a, a success in games nobody watched, success in the game where Rex Burke had ran for 6,000 yards against the Chargers. A lot of things where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like you said, like, oh, yeah, he's a very good, competent, short passer. I'm surprised, too. I think he's pretty comfortable in this tier. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm fine with Davis Mills being in this tier. Okay. And the fourth team I threw in D-plus is the Steelers because they have a kind of a combination between they have the one first-round rookie prospect and they have the, the veteran who's a veteran who would have been a D in Trubisky. But the combination, the competition, I felt gave them a D-plus. Yeah, honestly, this entire tier, save for Carolina, really is just like the hope tier because really i think the the tier under them are mostly better players like if i needed a guy right now i'm high on field so obviously i'd rather have fields but like i might rather just have like jared goff than you know davis mills right now it's just yeah. that you're hoping that davis mills can be better or that zach wilson can be better um so i'm kind of fine with all those guys here yeah this is really that this is the hope hope for growth tier plus yeah. baker mayfield yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, like I put together this team and it's got Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin and Tyreek Hill and, the, you know, the five blocks of granite on the offensive line. Yeah, give me Goff. Maybe give me Danny Jones. Right. <laughs> maybe give me all the excedrin in the world and Wentz at all. <laughs> but here in the real world, it's like, yeah, th these guys are going to possibly improve, which is better than saying, oh, we're just. Whereas like we know Jared Goff is like QB 27 or whatever. Like who cares? <laughs> right, right. 
Well, then that takes us, I guess, naturally to C tier, which is sort of like wait and see tier because we're sort of evaluating these quarterbacks who have shown some upside perhaps or like have a, a high reputation. The first we're going to put in here are the hometown, home of the Philadelphia Eagles, home of Joe Flacco, home of Reggie White Shrines. Philadelphia Eagles, who are evaluating Jalen Hurts, very good scrambler, very good effort guy, etc. Doesn't throw over the middle. Actually, doesn't throw deep. It's a scatter shot, chaos situation throwing deep. So, yeah, this is probably fair. Like, I do think <clears throat> the argument for him moving up would be that he's one of the best three runners in the NFL at the position. Um, and you could make the case there, but just as a passer, like he's gotten incrementally better every year basically going back to like his sophomore year at Bama which I think is impressive but like you said he still doesn't really target the middle of the field very well um sometimes he's like really one and done which again kind of works because he's an athlete but I would like to see him progress um and again like you said like his deep ball is pretty much just like he throws go balls on the sideline and that's it like if he's throwing a post it's not really there like sometimes the deep overs are a little like I don't know so I just think what he gives you as a passer is he has some strengths, but it's just too limited right now. Yeah. I think C is a good place for him, even though he does have that rushing value. I think when we get to the C plus teams, they're generally quarterbacks I would rather have. Right. 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 And so next to him on the, we're waiting and seeing and evaluating and a guy who has some attributes and has a Alabama background. That's right, folks. It's to a tongue of Viola with Someone looking over his shoulder there. I see Teddy Bridgewater in the corner there, that, that <laughs> little picture too. Uh, a guy who we we know has some value as a short passer, obviously has a better supporting cast and has a, a lot of question marks going into his third season. I would move him down the tier, I think. Ooh. I just, until we see it from Tua, I don't, I, I don't, like obviously the situation is incredible and he could be good. Um, especially because I do think Mike McDaniel could be an interesting don't, don't play Don't do caller. that quite yet because I'm going to argue for keeping but him. But <laughs> you're going to argue for Tua? Keeping him, at, keeping him at C, not dropping him to the to I the just – I, I don't know. I, I don't under – like he is fairly accurate in like the 1 to 15-yard area when they do a lot of their RPO stuff. But as a dropback passer, I just think his pocket management is pretty bad. I think the way he processes is like – not the worst, but I wanted to see more than I think we have seen to this point. And I think his deep ball is horrendous. I mean, his stats last year as a passer, not as a runner, obviously, but as a passer are very close to what Jalen Hurts did, mm-hmm. except right. for the higher completion rate. I just, when I look at the players in the D plus category, I'm like, I think I would rather have Tua right now. Fields has the promise that I know you and I both are like believe that Fields has the promise, but otherwise I feel like I would rather have Tua and Bridgewater. And I think also the fact is having Bridgewater there as a just in case. Bridgewater threw deep surprisingly well last year. You know what? Actually, I might be okay with keeping them because of Bridgewater, not because of Tua. Because straight up, I think Teddy might, if I needed a guy to win a game right now, I might just rather have Teddy. It's just obviously you're, they want the promise of whatever to it might be. So and Teddy could just spit the ball to Tyreek. He could just spit the ball to Waddle. He could spit the ball to Jaseki, which is kind of what we're going to be asking Tua to do anyway. And mm-hmm. by the way, useful title has it right. Watching all the RPOs has hurt you, Derek. 
dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> until they fix the sport, I am going to punish every quarterback who <laughs> who does this. RPO for Derek is like the shift for baseball fans. And it's just it's just destroying Sunday after and Saturday yeah. for you. Line up and beat your man. Let's play real football. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so based on potential, putting this individual a notch above the other rookies from last year, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think of all of them was the biggest victim of circumstance and has the most potential of last year's rookies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put a pin in this one oh. until we get to another team that I want to compare Lords to. Oh, boy. Are you thinking of moving him up or down? Well, since I said <laughs> we get to another team. I guess it has to be up, yeah. Is, is not a lower team because <laughs> we've already done the lower teams. <laughs> I mean, if we're already hinting at moving up, I probably would want to do it too because I really just think Trevor is that guy and was tasked with all right. I'll Honestly, say, one I'll of the most impossible then, circumstances I've ever seen. I'll, I'll say now then what I'm going to say, what, what I was going to say when we got uh, to New England. Ooh. The fact is, and I say this as a Patriots fan, and given despite how good Mac Jones was last year, there is nobody right now who would take Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. The difference between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields as far as the potential, is a is a sizable difference. And so I feel like if most people right now, or all people, real, I feel would, if given a choice between those quarterback situations, would rather have Jacksonville's quarterback situation, then we've got to have Lawrence on the same tier that New England is on. At least, he has to at least be on the same tier that we have New England on. And I'll give it away, that's C+. And yeah, and I think if we just went back um, like before the draft and we just said, theoretically, what happens if we gave all of these guys the best landing spot of whatever teams take quarterbacks? And what happens if they all get the worst one? I think Trevor obviously looks the best of anyone in New England. And then I don't know if Mac looks as good as Trevor did in Jacksonville. Not that he looked very good and not that that was a situation possible for any quarterback. <laughs> right. But like, I just don't see how Trevor's situation last year should really determine. I, I, I feel like the quality of play that Mac Jones did show last year, despite having the people, the, you know, obviously being in a good situation. I think that that does make a difference between him and the other prospects yes. last year. Mm-hmm. but not Lawrence. Lawrence was just yeah. too good of a prospect. So if we've got the Patriots as a C plus, we have to have the Jaguars as a C plus. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hitchhiker's Pie says it. The Mac had the higher mean and the smaller standard D. Lawrence has the lower mean and higher standard D. I don't know if we have to base the mean. I don't think Lawrence has a lower mean. Right. I, I, think, I don't think he does. Fields might have a lower mean. Zach yeah. Wilson, but but Lawrence has a higher mean. It's just we saw the low, we saw the lowest possible performance from Lawrence last year. Yeah, because yeah. Jacksonville was a disaster area. Of, all the Urban Meyer stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and I add to that that he lost his best receiver in Week Four. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a nightmare. Well, the, one, the good the, the one running back gets hurt in camp. The other one gets hurt and they play him for a month and then they right right. Okay, well controversy time because one more team in state. <laughs> Wait and see. The San Francisco 49ers. Trey Lance, who has thrown, what, 94 passes since 2019? Come on. I love him. I, I'm rooting for him. How can we put him any higher than this? 
I think that if it was just Lance, he would be actually the tier lower with the mm -hmm. other prospects from last year. But because it's still Garoppolo and you're still judging both Lance and Garoppolo, this is the right place for them. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Because, um, yeah, I like I do love Lance. I think he can be really good, but he's thrown like, what, 70 passes? Like, this is not you can't really take anything away from that. And then Jimmy, this is probably just the tier I would put Jimmy in anyway. Um, so I think this is fine. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy would be dangerously close to being like in there with Wentz and Goffman, but he, he has other attributes in terms of being able to come Yeah, The production with Garoppolo has just been much better though. And yeah. I mean, I think if you consider what Garoppolo has done in that offense compared to like the backups in that offense, it's Garoppolo is, is, is he's more doing of a C. Thing. He's more of a C than a D. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. By the way, Storm Templar says, I think the Jags aren't just a bad situation, probably the worst in the last decade. I have to go back to like the 1970s when Norm Van Brocklin would scream oh at his quarterbacks, <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. To think of like something that's like, like not just a bad scheme and everything, but like toxicity where you can't even like go to work uh, to find an example as bad as the Jaguars. This is like a historically bad situation uh, in terms of coaching. Hitchhiker's Pie thinks we might be underestimating Mac. Because PFF loved him relative to all the rookie quarterbacks and had him in the top 10 to 12 in the NFL. I mean, we had him in the top 12. He was, in passing DYAR, he was 12th. Yeah, I, just, I think Lawrence has that much promise. That's the thing. Nobody's saying that Mac isn't that good. It's just that it's not hard to imagine what Trevor would have done in that offense. <laughs> right. 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 Okay. We're going to get to C+. And C+, is for we have a plus veteran, but not an elite veteran. And we're going to interrupt the podcast here for a, for a bromance. And that's a bromance between a young man and the quarterback he loves so much. <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts and the bromance between Dark Klassen and Matt Ryan. Go. So I would move them up a tier. I know they're not going to get moved up a tier. Um, <laughs> but I really think Matt Ryan was like, so I think this actually goes back a few years. Obviously, when they were uh, when he won the MVP in 2016, that was like the peak of Matt Ryan. And then Kyle Shanahan left, and the offense was like a watered-down version of that with Steve Sarkeesian. I think Matt Ryan was really, really good in 17 and 18. And then 19 and 20, the offense started to fall apart, so the, the, the production just wasn't there. Last year, I think in a better fitting offense. Cause I think 19 and 20 was uh dirt cutter was running the offense again, which like yeah. Jesus Christ, that should not be happening for any NFL offense. Um, and now that he had Arthur Smith, I think you saw the best parts of Ryan kind of come to life again. You know, he was really good from under center um, all the play action stuff they did. He was good at drop back from under center when they did it. Um, I just think that like he gave the offense, everything it needed. It's just that his number two receiver was Olamide Zacchaeus. That should be a practice squad player. <laughs> like, so I think the situation was just almost impossible for him to produce well. And I have a lot of faith that in Indianapolis, he's going to be able to produce well, not only because the talent's better. I just think Frank Reich is like a really good coach and really good at the particular things that I think Matt Ryan is good at. I just feel like there's aging going on here. And I do think that's part of why he's not what he used to be. And that's why I also like him on this tier. I, I get your opinion. I, I mean, I think if Reich makes him better, then that's not an argument that Ryan should be higher. It's an argument that the coaching staff in Indianapolis is really good. And, I, and I'm down with that argument. Yeah. But um, but this is – I think this is the right place for him given the aging. The fact that certain quarterbacks have not shown that they age naturally 
should not confuse us with the fact that most quarterbacks still will age naturally. And I think Ryan is aging. I think my argument would just be like, he's just better at everything that Mac Jones is good at. Like they're this very similar players to me and he's just better. I think Mac could like, if Mac takes another step, I think that might not be true depending on how he develops. Um, But I think Matt Ryan is just like straight up better at all the things that Mac Jones is good at. And that's not to take away from Jones, but yeah. I, I I understand. I think when we get to the B guys, though, I I that, don't see Ryan. I don't see Ryan like, in the same tier as the B people right now. I think that's fair. He almost is in like his own little B minor. <laughs> yeah. There are almost like thirty-two tiers here. Yeah. You know, like you can really micromanage. And I was joking with you, like we should do some sort of internet bet on Matt Ryan, uh, because I, I, I am the Ryan hater skeptic, and you are the Ryan lover, but we have to find like what the benchmark is that says <laughs> you think he'll do. And I think he can no longer do. So uh, the, my starting point is I keep saying that the Colts will get to the divisional and lose in tragic fashion. So that's like where I'm, that's where my brain is at. So if you're, you could maybe say they just don't get to the divisional at all. I don't know. But like my bar is they just, they're going to get there and lose in divisional horrific fashion. is the second round. Yeah. I think think they can beat a wild card team and then just do something horrific against like the Chargers or Chiefs or whoever. And actually, we're kind of on the same page because it's like, and Colts fans will be like, look at us. We we made it to the divisional round. Let's hang a banner. It's like your quarterback Mm -hmm. is now 37 going on 38. You know, you you have all these other problems. And that's why I say, so we're kind of, it's kind of like you're saying, hooray, they're going to do this. I'm like, oh my God, this is all they can do. Right. (laughs) But maybe we can, we can, we can tear that off just so we won't do it here on the broadcast, but we'll do it before the season starts. We'll figure something out. Yes. The the Matt. Ryan Pocket Universe, <laughs> the darkest possible timeline. Okay, next up on the C plus. Hey, it's a good good veteran quarterback. Well, let's get Kirk Cousins and stick him in here now for the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, like, there's nothing to even say about Kirk at this point. Like, he is what he is. He's like the 12th best quarterback. But it's whatever. <laughs> he, he still gets clicks. It's amazing. He still gets, if we, <laughs> If we put like a hot take in here, it would be our most popular video. But yeah, all right, fine. C plus. Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. And I see Malik uh, Willis is on the picture too to remind us that they do have a quarterback of the future there. Uh, but I think this is all about Tannehill right now. Yeah, I don't know what to do about Tannehill. Tannehill was terrible in our stats last year. Yeah. Like awful. Like he was 27th in DYAR. He was negative. Um, ESPN's QBR puts him eighth. So I would have to figure out, like, is that a yak thing or is it a, like, what is the, like, like, what is the reason for the difference? It's like a really big difference. And I don't quite know what the reason is. So I don't quite know what to do with Tannehill, but because he was so much better in previous seasons, I'm okay not really dropping him from this tier. But based on last year, I feel like he should be lower. And I would say they just had guys hurt all the time last year. So like, yeah, I that's an absolute him, It's an absolute yeah. explanation. There's no question about it. But even that, like, still doesn't really make sense of the eighth in QBR versus I, I don't know, just a bizarre year for him. But like, like you said, I think what we saw from him in this offense for two, three years, like, this is probably fine. Yeah, yeah. the scheme was bad early in the year; was pretty predictable. Oh, and just, by the way, yeah, the scheme change actually does matter. I think that's a good yeah. point of losing Arthur Smith too. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Tra- Traylon Burks has been pretty much unable to get on the field. He has asthma and other things. So it's going to be really kind of chewy in Tennessee, I think, this year. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, last guy in the C plus, I, I, I would have put him in D, but I, I don't want to be accused of being a hater. Uh, but you guys can, you know, that's what the show is for. Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. And I believe the Red Rifles in it looking over his shoulder, but I don't think that's uh, too much. Of I don't game. think that that's likely that Dalton would actually take the job away. No. <laughs> just stuck Taysom on there, too. Maybe. Especially with, honestly, uh, if we were just thinking like what Andy Dalton was as a as the Bengals quarterback, I'd be like, yeah, maybe he could try. But he was horrific when he had to play recently. Like, yeah. actually just bad. So I, I I don't think Andy Dalton really is part yeah. of the equation. Yeah. Um, Winston is an interesting you know, last year, Winston, Stevie OA was 13.6% when he played, which would have been like ninth or 10th in the league. He was good. Like, he was good when he played last year. I feel like he shouldn't – I don't think he should be lower than this. I think this is a good place for him, you know, maybe down to C. I wouldn't put him any lower than C. I, I think I'm fine with keeping him here because, honestly, he did that with a worse – cast than he's probably going to have this year um because i think you know olave alone kind of fixes a lot of things i don't really know exactly what we're going to get from michael thomas but i think getting anything from michael thomas is obviously better than they got last year so um i think if we assume that winston can do that again in this offense and you know they did keep pete carmichael the offensive coordinator so i think yeah this is probably fair he can be like produced like an above average quarterback i think he can yeah and uh, for, going back to Tannehill, Hitchhiker Spy points out Tannehill was 12th in EPA and 13th in EPA per play. So I I do not know quite why DVOA had Tannehill so much lower than other advanced stats. It's That's interesting. I would have to really look at a play like a play by play breakdown of how mm-hmm. Tannehill did in each of these stats to figure out why why the difference. Opponent adjustments. Did that have? Uh, I don't. Uh, my little sheet that I have open doesn't have the opponent adjustments, so okay. I can't answer that. That might yeah. have a little bit to do with it, but there's yeah. supposed to be opponent adjustments in QBR now, so that can't be that much of it. Right. All right. Now B, B is for the tier that you. Have. Oh, he was he was really good in rushing. That's part of it. Okay. Yeah, yep, that would make sense. That's why he would be higher in QBR certainly. Perfect. Perfect. B. This is for the quarterbacks that you talk yourself into being better than they are, but definitely are like a cut above the gang right below them. And I'm going to start with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, who are always, we're always trying to put him up into that top tier. And I, he doesn't fit comfortably in the top tier in my humble opinion. I mean, I love, I, I love Prescott. Prescott was third in DYAR passing DYAR last year. I actually do think Prescott belongs in the, in the B plus. Okay. Uh, I'm a big Prescott guy. Uh, I feel like he, you know, he, 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 he can do pretty much everything and, and, um, and he's, and he's, he's pretty stable. I think I'm there too. Cause like what Dak was doing before he got hurt last year was insane. They looked like the best offense in football um, for a minute there. And I think when he's healthy, that is just the kind of player he is. I think he's one of the most cerebral quarterbacks in the league, just in terms of, getting the offense into the right play, understanding where the right throw is, all that sort of stuff. I think really the only complaint I have with Dak is like two or three times a game, he just like misses in a way that is incomprehensible. Um, But otherwise I think he's a machine. So I I would probably move him up to B plus. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Hitchhiker's Pie says that my green, my Kelly green, my midnight green heart is showing <laughs> and I'm downplaying Dak a little bit. It just seems like it's a, he's part of that. It's always something with the Cowboys. It's like, oh, there's a little injury and now we can't play. Oh, one of the receivers is hurt and now everything is falling apart, you know, but B plus for Dak Prescott. That is good. Let's see about Derek Carr, who I put a notch above the Kirk Cousins gang. And does he belong there? I'm good with the idea that he's a notch above those C plus guys, but a little bit below Prescott. I think that that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Okay. And the other guy, and this is uh, the last guy I actually put on any of the list because it's difficult to make sense of the ups and downs of his career is Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals obviously does things, some things phenomenally well, has some serious deficiencies. And so I still come here. This might be the toughest one I've had to rank yeah. this entire time, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he's definitely not higher than this. No. I definitely don't think he's lower. So I guess then maybe I he's fine. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> so circling back to Matt Ryan, now that we moved back up, does Matt Ryan belong here? I think so. If we don't move him, I understand because I, I know that I'm definitely the highest on him, but I, I think so. And I feel I just feel like it's it's hard to know because he did have no receivers last year, but he's we, just getting away. I do understand like the production was pretty bad that you're kind of having to like stretch the logic yeah. a lot, which I, I tried to Michael Walsh says that B makes sense for a guy who is half A and half C. I don't know if that's a response to Kyler Murray or to Matt Ryan, because I think Matt Ryan <laughs> is half B and half C, which is why we're sort of stuck here. Yeah, B minus. Yeah, he, he is a B minus. I don't know. I don't know if we can smoke one. I would leave, can you do that? I would leave him in C plus, but I don't know if we can add a tier right now. No, we can't. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think it's fine. Yes. Yeah, I think we'll leave him here. But to any Colts fans who are watching or listening after the fact, we we think he's better than the rest of that tier. Right. Because what I would say what I would say about not moving Ryan up is like I do think that both Carr and Murray have like some degree of explosive playability that Matt Ryan probably just doesn't have anymore. Um, He might be better at some other things, but that explosive playability really, really matters in the NFL right now, and he doesn't quite have that the way those two do. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Okay. So we have Dak in B+. Plus, and you know what? He probably will fit pretty well in this category. I'm going to start with two guys at B+, plus who are the great young guns of the AFC. I refer, of course, to Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals and Justin Herbert of the Chargers. Two guys who haven't done enough yet for me to throw them into these top tiers, but obviously impressive young quarterbacks. The only thing about Burrow is the sacks. Mm-hmm. And we're going to really, I think, learn more this year just how much the sacks are Burrow and just how much the sacks are that offensive line last year. But it's definitely partially him. It was definitely partially him. It was definitely partially him in the playoffs. I mean, listen, I the fact is our stats are lower on Burrow than anybody else's. But QBR was also kind of low on Burrow because of the sacks. I think Burrow is a really good quarterback who people kind of freaked out about because they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I like think he's going to really rate good. him a little bit. Yeah, like just a smidgen. Like he, I think this is in the right tier. It's just that I think yeah. people have already kind of put him in the next one, and I don't think he's yeah. quite there yet. Um, the sex thing, 
I wouldn't put I him ahead do. of Herbert, for example. I wouldn't put him ahead of Herbert. No, yeah, I would put Herbert. Herbert. I, I, I absolutely believe Herbert is ahead of him. Yeah. Um, with Burrow, the sacks, like, I think he's always going to be that way. I think it's like Russell Wilson, like Deshaun Watson. Um, That's Ryan. always going to be a little bit of a detriment. Yeah, I think even if you gave him the best offensive line in football, that's just the way he's going to play. And I think he he gets more value out of it than it hurts him. Obviously, with all the deep ball stuff, I think he's incredible, you know, making moves outside the pocket. He gets more out of it than it takes away from him. But it's undeniable that that is like kind of a hindrance to what they do. Yeah, like I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he moves in the pocket well. And I think he gets out of the pocket very well. But he is. He's looking for the home run, looking for the home run, home, home run. I, un- I understand. It's not because he can't see defenders he just is like he believes he's superman he just thinks he's god and like i get that like i i I would definitely i understand why you guys would probably argue to keep him in b plus and not move him down to b i i would probably move him down to b but i realize i'm kind of alone in that world so that's fine and our projections for him for this year are actually really really strong so, like, we project that he's going to come out better in our stats this year than last year. So, like, there's still room to grow for him because he can take fewer sacks. <laughs> I, right, and he should because the line is better. But you're right, Derek. I realize I've seen the hero ball youngster turn into Aaron Rodgers. I've seen the hero ball youngster turn into Wentz. So there's a there's a, there's a long uh, 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 leeway in between the two of them. Um. In a different side of the spectrum, a veteran quarterback who uh, had a very, very strong year last year and every once in a while uh, throws an interception deep in his own territory directly to a defender, the great Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. I put him in B+. I was thinking about B. Yeah, my only argument here would be, do you feel like the Rams made him last year almost as much as the Lions took away from him when he was there? I it's tough because obviously playing for the Rams is a boost for any quarterback uh, when you have, you know, a top three play caller, a top three wide receiver and a pretty good offensive line. That's always going to help. But like, I'm fine with keeping him here because I think what he did to fundamentally change the structure of the Rams offense, it's yeah. really hard to understate like that. It really like fully overhauled what they can do and unlocked everything. And I think when a quarterback can do that, I th- I think that has value. Yeah. You're talking about the passing ability. Like yeah. The ability like the fact that they don't have to go under center and just only throw deep overs. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, from the passing ability to the elite rushing ability with some passing ability as well, and coming off of an injury, the ever controversial and delightful Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in the B plus category. I think he should stay here. I mean, yeah, at his, at his best, he's been better than this. Well, um, at his best, I mean, yeah, he's been down the last couple of years, but he hasn't had great guys to throw to other than Mark Andrews. So I thought he was hard. really good. I feel like it's hard to know what to do with him. I mean, obviously yeah. the rushing value is valuable. Um, I It's hard to know quite what to do with him. I thought he was really good early last year until like the entire roster got decimated. Like the entire offensive line went down. They couldn't cover anybody. So they had to keep up in points. And it was just like a whole nightmare. And then once the Miami game came, I think he just never, 
got back to to what he could have been or what he's been in the past. Um, but I still have a lot of faith that like if the situation, if they are not the most injured team in the NFL again, right. I think he's going to, you know, be belong with these quarterbacks, you know, Burrow, uh, Stafford, all that stuff. Okay. One last possibly controversial B plus quarterback based on what we saw last year, based on some of the ups and downs that we've talked about with some of these other guys. I put Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos at B plus. I think based on what he was before the finger injury, and then in the last four weeks of the year or so, I think he still belongs on this tier. And I think what he did when he first came back from the finger injury was very likely the finger injury causing yes. him to not play well. And he kind of rushed himself back for that. Like yeah. he just should yeah. not have played. Um, I still have like stylistic qualms with Russell Wilson. And it's more of like a, if I was coaching an offense, this is not what I would want my quarterback to be. But I think it's pretty yeah. undeniable that he's very good and very productive. So I think this tier, especially that he's going to get a much better cast now, um, or at least like a more, um, seems like they're going to be more willing to entertain the offense that he wants to run. I think that is probably <laughs> going to be good for them. <laughs> they're, great. they're actually going to give him some, a lot more deep balls and a lot more weapons, <laughs> and they're not going to – do as much like, yeah, try and throw 10 yards over the middle of the field. Ideally, if they usually have Hamler's healthy, it looks like Hamler's healthy. It's like you'll have like a little bit of Percy Carving game mixed in mm-hmm. if he's actually available. And so that could be a difference maker for, for Wilson. Um, are we all the way up to the A tier? And you, you, the usual suspects are sitting down there, folks. Can I? Can I? What is missing? Go ahead. Yeah. I kind of almost want to move Justin Herbert up. I really think he's that good. I kind of almost want to move him up too. In fact, I was going to say if we had an A minus tier, I would put Herbert in that tier. Yeah, maybe it would be that just for like he's so young and you're still projecting a little bit, but like that's a cyborg dude. Like that guy is insane to me. He's to me, he's really just like Josh Allen with a a slightly smaller bandwidth. <laughs> like, you know, the we're, bad plays aren't as bad. <laughs> well, we're about to talk about Josh Allen, who I think may be our missing logo. Yes, we're missing a guy. It's Josh Allen. Missing we're Josh Allen? Get, we're <laughs> we're going to obliterated by Bill's mafia <laughs> here. We left him off because he's beyond categorization, Bill's fans. beyond. Cat- but, like, you're putting Herbert all the way. Can, can we leave a comeback against the Texans without throwing interceptions first? Can we do that? Can we do that before we put him on the same tier as Tom Brady? Can we do that? I well, mean, can you have a healthy <laughs> roster for those games? He, he, let's start on the A tier, and then I'll make my little <laughs> argument. I'm sorry, but uh, you, you broke me. Uh, a tier, okay. Uh, well, we have um, Aaron Rodgers, two-time reigning MVP. I did not put him on the S tier, but on the A tier. Now, again, the S tier is sitting there, guys. That's an interesting He's argument. Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. That is an interesting argument. Like, I think there is he, the guy has won the last two MVPs. I think there is a strong argument for putting him on that S tier. Yeah, I think you can move him up. I probably would. All right. I, I will say, up. too, I think these top two tiers are the closest of any of the tiers that I would have. I think the top like five quarterbacks in the NFL are very, very close. I agree. And, and I had when you're putting the S tier, I'm struggling mm-hmm. in terms of what, like doing the projection versus obviously we have hall of famers up here. And that's, I, I initially put Tom Brady heresy on the A tier and not the S tier. Okay. Cause what's phenomenal as he is, it is incredibly supporting cast driven at this point. 
So go ahead. It is hard. And by the way, this ties into what useful title just posted, which is what do you think about Rogers without Adams? Yeah. Still incredible. I mean, <laughs> the reason, the reason why I voted for Rogers for MVP over Brady was because Rogers had to deal with all the injuries on his offensive line, but his yeah, offensive yeah. line did play well despite the injuries. Yeah. So. But I think you can make the case that's partly because of the way Rogers plays. Yeah. And uh, Hutchhanger's Pie says Rogers seems to suffer without elite wide receiver talent more than the others. See how That's mediocre cool. he was before Adams broke out. Well, yeah, but look at Brady the year that the Patriots, the last year with the Patriots. Same also, thing, I think right? that was just a Mike McCarthy. <laughs> like, That's part of it. I, I think like that wouldn't be a problem with with Michael or uh, Matt Lafleur. I am or at least not to the same degree. I would be comfortable with a three man S tier. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could move Brady up because to me, I think kind of the distinction that you would have to make between this these two tiers is like the S is like elite and they've proved it over a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. The, the A tier is more like they're elite, but maybe we want to see slightly more. To, and but... I, okay, so let's do Mahomes first before I talk about Josh Allen. That's since, we're, since we're missing the Allen, um, we're missing the Allen logo. Like I understand that Mahomes had his issues at times last year but it seems to me like if you're gonna say who's the best quarterback in the league like he still is the answer yeah i I just yeah because that's the thing like he was his slightly watered down version of being good was still like producing like a top eight quarterback or whatever like he was still awesome it's just that i think he wasn't awesome in the same exact way that we'd seen in you know 18 and 19 and all that stuff so i think we kind of just took it for granted in a way but i think he's still unbelievable and i think the ways that they changed the offense this year i think he's gonna prove himself again like i think this is a no-brainer you, you go see the greatest guitar his player in history and he winds up doing like these 10 minute solos <laughs> that are a little bit, get a little goofy along the sides it's like well that's clearly the best guitar player in history but sometimes he's doing goofy stuff and he's got a right. back, whatever. So <laughs> oh we did we find josh allen yes, there he is. yes look okay. at that let's go so my argument is i believe josh allen is in a tier lower than Brady Rogers Mahomes because yep. of the inconsistency that he showed last year. He had some bad games last. I realized that in the playoffs, he was unbelievably good, but he had some bad games last year. So if we're going to put those three guys in S tier, then I'm totally cool with Allen in the A tier with Herbert. Mm-hmm. Like I've made the argument and I realize Buffalo fans will think I'm hating. I would take Herbert over Allen right now. Because yep. of the consist because of the consistency, and it's not a very big difference. But yeah, I, I almost think Allen and Herbert. Before when we had those guys in the A tier, I was going to say Herbert and Allen are kind of A minus. But if we're going to put those three guys in S, then I'm totally comfortable with having Allen and Herbert in A. So to restack, we're going to have Rogers, Brady, and Mahomes in the S tier, which. Sounds right. And then we have Josh Allen and, and, and Justin Herbert in the A tier. I'm uncomfortable with how high Herbert is. I'm uncomfortable with that, but you guys are comfortable with that. And I'm comfortable then, with that. Like I actually I would take Herbert over Allen slightly right now. I I mean they're just so similar in a lot of ways, but it just feels like Herbert just has less of the bad. And like Allen's absolute one percent plays 
are, are probably a little more impressive. Like there, what he does at his absolute best is pretty crazy. But Justin Herbert's best is not very far off to me, and I think he can get there pretty consistently as well. So I, I think. <laughs> Yeah. To be blunt, Josh Allen of the playoffs was an S tier quarterback. Yeah, Josh Allen of the regular Josh Allen of the regular season was a B or B plus quarterback. Mm-hmm. He yeah. had he had some horrific games, and I I will say some of those I think were a game planning problem. Like the week one against Pittsburgh, that was a game planning problem. They came out in empty and ten personnel every play, and <laughs> Pittsburgh was just like, all right, we'll run some like pressures and cover two. Game. Yeah, and like the Jacksonville game, like that was another one. They ran a bunch of sim pressures, and I don't think Buffalo's offense had answers for it. And that, some of that is Josh Allen's fault, but I think a lot more of it was just like sometimes they had some horrific game plans and didn't know how to manage. But then you saw towards the end of the year when they started getting into some more under center and really mixing up what they were doing with their run looks and pass looks and play action and stuff. I think you saw a more complete version, not just of, of Allen, but like of the entire offense. And that obviously extended into the playoffs. And we didn't see Herbert in the playoffs because he threw interceptions while trying to come back against the Broncos and the Texans. Yeah, that's true. He also completed fourth and 11 and fourth and whatever, 13. And whatever he did against the Raiders was insane. Whatever he did against the Raiders was insane. That was great. But we're, now we're like, it's like, look at those five plays and they're like overwhelming. Like but this games. is why Herbert and Allen aren't in the S tier because they did have the bad games during the regular season. But I think Herbert is more consistent than Allen. But Allen's highs are higher. And what Allen was in the playoffs was incredible. So it's interesting. Hitchhiker's Pie, who would you rather have for a playoff run, Allen or Herbert? And I think it might be true. In a playoff run, you want to gamble that you're going to get those A-plus performances. So you probably would rather have Herbert in the regular season and Allen in the playoffs. Because if Allen rolls pairs you know roll seven over and over again or whatever your craps whatever you want for your (laughs) craps metaphor then he's unbelievable like what he was in the playoffs last year was unbelievable was so good so so good in those two games but it was just two games i think that's fair and i think especially um because i do think josh allen is a little bit better as like a designed and short yardage runner herbert is still really good in that area but i think allen's a little better I think that also really tracks when you get to the playoffs and stuff. So I kind of like that split of like, that would be where you're, you know, separating them. It wasn't my idea. Bill's mafia. Go after them. (laughs) Go after them. Okay. We'll have the seven charges fans on our side. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, there's not much of a chart. There's not much of a chargers mafia. (laughs) And Jeremy Tillery's leading them. And so they keep getting blocked. So, you know, (laughs) All right, that's our list. I feel I feel good about our list. Yeah. I feel good about our list. I feel at the end of the season, I feel our belief in, in Trevor Lawrence will be rewarded. I also think Mac Jones is not – I think Mac Jones is not going to be as good as he was last year since I am apparently his offensive coordinator now. <laughs> <laughs> I trust you. I would trust you as his offensive coordinator, Aaron, over uh, uh, Heckle and Jekyll there. Where did we put them at C-plus? Uh, we put yeah. them at C plus. Yeah. Oh, Patriots fans are coming after us. Shout out Tom Norvell shouts out to Josh Dubow from the AP for having Carr correctly in this tier for the last five years. My God, Josh Dubow takes so much garbage from Raiders fans who think Carr is better than he is. <laughs> and who and who don't understand the other thing about what reading Josh Dubow's Twitter is Raiders, current Raiders fans do not 
understand how good Rich Gannon was. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> like, it is it's not a slight on Carr to say Rich Gannon was better than Carr. Rich Gannon was better. Yes, he had a couple of tremendous years. And folks have to remember, John Gruden was a very good offensive coordinator and coach in his day. He really was. I'm not saying anything about his personal life or what he's done the last couple of years. That was a really good offense. That was innovative, and it was hard to run, and it was clever to master, and you needed to be like a sharpshooting, short-passing, quick-decision, quick-release guy. And Gannon was that for a couple of years, and they had a couple other guys like Hostetler and Brad Johnson who were good at it too, but Gannon was probably the best, and he could run too. Yeah. All right, I think that does it for our show. These are our tiers. We'll put them up on Twitter and get a bunch of arguments. Uh, <laughs> next week, we are going to start with a series of shows pro promoting and previewing Football Outsiders Almanac 2022. And we are going to be doing two shows a week starting next week. So next week starts Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday shows. We're starting with the AFC South. So Tuesday, Mike will not be with us. It will be me and Dan Pizzuta and Tom Gower talking about the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. And then Thursday, it will be me and Mike and J.P. Acosta talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. So that is what we have in store for you next week, Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. When's the book come out, Aaron? When's the book The come book out? comes out Tuesday. Yes. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Stay by your computer Monday afternoon if you really want the book. Monday afternoon, maybe, folks, depending on but whether the, the, official, the official release date is Tuesday. Book releases on Monday at 5 p.m. Deshaun Watson news, 501 p.m. <laughs> Monday. <laughs> Market calendar, everything is obsolete. No. All of our that, at that point, if it comes out after the, the Deshaun Watson comes, uh, news comes out after the book, it becomes somebody else's problem. What I will tell unbelievable people that, ending. that the, the, the simulation in the book assumes that Watson will be uh, suspended for the entire year. Mm. So we did our we did the simulation with Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback because the league seems pretty adamant about this uh, about the suspension. Yeah, probably. We jinxed it. We jinxed, we jinxed it. We jinxed justice itself, folks. Sorry. <laughs> All right. That does it for the show. Thank you so much to everybody watching and everybody commenting in the discussion thread. Thank you so much for every, everybody listening out, uh, on the Football Outsiders Podcast Network. Thank you to Derek. Thank you to Mike. Everybody have a great weekend. We're going to finish up the book. We will see you Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, talk AFC South. Until then, so long. Bye.